Hello, grace and peace. We're taking Anarchy to Church here in the Anarchist Bible Study. I'm Josh, a.k.a. Iowa and Cap. And I'm Jeff Park, a.k.a. the podcaster who makes house calls. <laughs> Perfect transition. Uh, the, 10 out of 10. Could not have done it better. <laughs> 10 out of 10. No notes. What, who needs producers? What, I mean... <laughs> Eat your heart out, Randy. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, so this we have a, uh, well, yes. First of all. Very importantly. Um, not uh, our sponsor, but. Not yet. But. Uh, you could be here. Absolutely. <laughs> as long as you are, in fact, Mountain Dew. <laughs> or in a pinch, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Did you, uh, you know, yeah. yeah, so, you know, cheers. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, so it, it's, uh, well, no, it's true. We will, we have proven, we've proven that we will, we will shill for any product. <laughs> Pretty much. It, it, it's, it's, uh, yeah. uh, that's definitely, definitely the case. Yeah. However, if we're actually going to drink it, uh, <laughs> 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 yes, as a personal, <laughs> as, as a, as any personal friend of Jeremy do, uh, <laughs> this has been my lifelong goal to make sure. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. We, we're, you know, I, I'm willing to sell out for anything. I tweeted today, earlier today, as of writing, not as of, uh, the, the recording going live, obviously, um, that, uh, I just, I asked, um, who do I need to betray in order to get the Tim cast, uh, the, to get on Tim cast. And, and, and I said, it sounds like a subtweet that I'm saying this, but I swear it's not. I really, <laughs> I'm really curious. I just want, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever it needs to be done. So Jeff, what are you doing here? I am traveling back to Canada. It turns out that, uh, uh, undisclosed location is <laughs> on the way back to Canada from also undisclosed location. <laughs> Man, how do you, yeah, just you know, layers upon layers of undocksability. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, you, Jeff rolled through, uh, rolled through South Dakota, and we <laughs> we had we had a meal with his family, um, and uh, and then now we're we're uh, recording a preambling that we're not sure what it's going to be about. We're, this oh, is like, this is a preambling. This is like, See, I didn't even know. <laughs> this is like jazz. We're figuring it out <laughs> on the way. <laughs> and we're only, we're, it's, it's the sentences we're not saying <laughs> that really right. make it. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. I mean, but assume the sentences we're we're not saying are all about contrails, and then it, it, it makes a lot, a lot more sense. Yes. Contrails, you know, and things that you put in in, in three layers of brackets. Uh, we, we <laughs> yes. Uh, so what's yeah? Uh, when you're okay, so here, here's a question: When you're on Christmas vacation, are you mm. as bad at following news as I am? Pretty much. Yeah. I, well, especially when I'm traveling with, uh, with undisclosed number of children and undisclosed number of, uh, undisclosed, uh, species. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. With my four kids and my dog. Uh, <laughs> um, I, uh, uh, I, I'm definitely much worse at following the news. So I, 
I follow the news in the super weird way that I do for my job to just like keep feeding the content machine that right. is the Alberta Parents Union. Right. Um, but uh, but in terms of any like so so like in it in as much as it's in as much as it's news that uh um uh that there was a an op ed about how poorly Saskatchewan did in math on the pieces right like right like, I'm I'm very much on top of that but I mentioned which I, I missed that one somehow I know it, <laughs> I, unforgivable really um but. Uh, but I mentioned to you that I thought the Iowa caucuses were tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so somehow I had flipped that that 15 in my brain. I'd flipped yeah. that five into a two in my brain and thought, and, and I so I'd like refreshing Twitter, like, what's going on? Like, yeah. It's, it's been a while. I, I, this is the first time in, in a while that I actually don't have any reason to keep track of the caucuses you know usually i have to you know there's there's someone who's caucusing or primarying on something but yeah i guess it's i'm entirely out of the process um last time i was i want like i wanted to caucus the last presidential election and I wanted to caucus Democrat. Oh, okay. Because that I was, was say, for, Tulsi, Kanye? Yeah. for Kanye. For, <laughs> for Tulsi. Tulsi Gabbard. No, yeah. I was always going to vote I, Kanye in the general election. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I thought I wanted to to caucus for for Tulsi. Right. And that was the first. That was going to be the first time that I, I, vote, I voted for Tulsi in the election. ever. Yeah. Me, me and one hundred and ten other Canadians total. It was embarrassing. Oh, I, I thought, oh, anti-war candidate should be yeah. should be should be for Americans living abroad. Like, yeah. that's going to be that's going to be overwhelmingly Americans that are Especially that are like disgusted by the uh yeah uh, but no that's not no it was me me and 110 other canadians yeah. that was it uh yeah. it was it was pretty brutal uh yeah I, but yeah sorry, you wanted to caucus for but I, I wanted to but then i was there's actually a pastor's conference that was going on at the same time uh, and so i was going to be out of town wait no no that's not what was going on i think i was i was out of town for something it wasn't the pastor's conference. It was for something else. I don't remember what, but it was, it was out of town. So I couldn't, I couldn't, that was going to be the only time I'd ever caucused, um, as a Democrat. And from what I understand, you know, I, I caucused as a Republican a couple times throughout my uh, adult life and they're not interesting. Like <laughs> Republican well, caucuses are not interesting. It's like we sit around and we talk about being a Republican for a while and then we do a pass the hat vote and you just put your, your vote in. And whoever wins gets that place, gets all the votes. It's Whereas kind of the way it works. in the Democrat caucus, you first take the Dim Holt Road, you bring your <laughs> army of the dead. That's right. No, apparently someone told me how, like what happens in the Democratic caucus. Like you actually like get into little groups and you actually try and, and then persuade people. Yeah. Try yeah. and persuade other people. That's what I thought they were all like. And then I realized that the yeah. Republican caucus wasn't that. Republican yeah. caucus is super lame. Yeah. Yeah. It's really lame. And, uh, I, I think the first time I I, uh, I caucused for Huckabee. Oh, I thought you were gonna say McCain. Huckabee's forgivable. And like, I don't mean Look, like I begrudgingly voted for him. I was a huge fan. I don't think I'll ever make up for that sin. <laughs> but but then I was I was also a college kid at the time, so I was like I also signed up for like all the like. They were like, all right, who wants to go to the to the county? And I'm like. I'll do the county. That'd be fun. And uh, it wasn't, but I, I did. <laughs> and then I even went all the way to the state convention um, where they, uh, you know, went for McCain. Um, 
And that, this was the one where this was one the one with that Ron Paul got screwed in, or am I remembering that? Right? I no, not from what I understand. Like I, I don't think there were any shenanigans. If McCain pretty much had it, Huckabee was a distant second okay. until he dropped out, kind of really late, really late. Um, and then Ron Paul was just Ron Paul was pretty far behind. Okay, it okay. wasn't. It I think the the Romney one is where he got screwed over. That that's that's right. Well, he so he got. He got screwed over by the coverage the night of, and then by the actual state convention. Oh, later. the, the that, convention itself. Yeah, like he's, was, he, there was a, for some out, reason I thought those were two separate elections. There was I, an outside chance that he should have won. Apparently I wasn't involved, um, in any way. Cause I was living in South Dakota at the time and I was at seminary and I was on a kind of a self-imposed political hiatus. Uh, because I just I wanted to figure out what I thought about theology and stuff without thinking about politics and and uh, and yeah. so I, I I kind of studiously avoided caring and then when I found out that Mitt Romney was the the uh, official candidate of the Republican Party it wasn't hard for me to not pay attention because I yeah. found him so uninteresting oh so that was 2012 that was the same time I was yeah. studiously avoiding politics was 2012 yeah no. 2012 uh, 20, 2008 is when I caucused. Uh, pretty hard for my Huckabee. And I also like to say, you know, that was around the time of the uh, Ru- Rudy Giuliani moment. And yeah, yeah, I was team Giuliani. Yeah. Yeah. We aren't all born based. <laughs> we we got to get there sometimes. It, take, it took me time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, caucus. What are we, okay. If you, do you have any kind of bold predictions about the caucus. My bold prediction is that uh, Nikki Haley is a fraud, not just as a person, but that her numbers yeah. will be fraudulent in the Iowa caucus. I, I oh. don't, I don't think it's there. I think this is entirely manufactured yeah. and, it, and, it, and, and, and it's going to completely go away when people yeah. have to actually go out in a freaking polar vortex yeah. and actually go admit to their neighbors that they like Nikki Haley. I, I think it goes away. I yeah, that's the thing is I just don't see Haley getting like she's there's nothing about her that appeals to modern Republicans. She appeals to the donor class, but I mean when you talk to a normal first of all, they're all voting Trump. Yeah, it's happening. Like get well and and deal with it. And Nikki Haley collapsing makes that even more of a just done deal. Yeah. Foregone oh, conclusion. Yeah. Apparently, Chris Christie dropped out, by the way. Did you see that? News? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by which we mean he fell through the floor. I was going to say, uh, did, you hear, <laughs> did you hear that thud? Uh, <laughs> I saw Michael Knowles' tweet that he said, I wonder who the Chris Christie supporter will endorse. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a really I, good one. <laughs> my, I'm, not, I'm not sure we. I ever mentioned this on the show, so I'll mention now that, that my favorite tweet from uh dave smith and there are a lot but my favorite ever was when he said can we all agree that if chris christie got over covid it's really not a big deal <laughs> it's true, it's true. <laughs> but i mean like okay so so like i mean to be fair chris christie is mike pencil he dropped out quite some time ago didn't he would we even be able to tell <laughs> i think i think you're i yeah. think mike pence did and asa hutchinson didn't but yeah, if I got that backwards, Hodgson, who cares about <laughs> if I got that backwards, literally like, no one cares about yeah, it. But, but Mike Pence was turning into Asa Hudgens. It yeah. was like, it was like hard, hard to tell how he was any yeah, different. Yeah. Now he's rooting for war with Yemen. 
<sighs> um, but yeah, like I mean, like those three guys, like those three: Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, Chris Christie. There's functionally no difference between any of them. Like they're all basically the same candidate. Um, unfortunately, DeSantis is kind of becoming that. Um, but I mean, DeSantis is holding off. I, I, I'm not gonna. That, that's not fair. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, he's just not as not like them as I was hoping yeah, he would be. Yeah, um, for sure. But like those three are basically the same person. Like there's not, there's there's a fu- no functional difference. The only difference is one of those is a female. And then the other one is Nikki Haley. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> uh, I'll let you guess which one is a female. No, no don't even bother. It's Mike Pence. Uh, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, you know, like they're all three, all three are kind of the same person. So largely, Either they split the vote between the three of them. The, they, they're all pulling from the same people. Either they all split the vote between the three of them or one of them, only one of them makes it to the actual caucuses. And that's pretty much what we expected. Like, that's what you could have expected is that whichever one of those three is pulling the highest, they're the one who's going to actually make it to the caucus. Turns out it was Nikki Haley. Not surprised. Because um, of the three, she is the least... Um, hateable, um, which is not high praise. Um, but like, you just think about the fact that like Mike Pence is running against the guy who chose him to be his right. VP. That's like, who, what did he think he was going to pull? There's no possible way. Right. The only people who would possibly go for him, the only people who ever go for a VP is people who liked him when he was with the president. Like he's, he betrayed the president, whether it, you agree with that? That's how it's 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 seen. Is he's the one who betrayed the president? I mean, what was he gonna do? Was he was he really gonna take all of his voters? No, no, he wasn't gonna take a single Trump voter. That wasn't gonna happen. And so and and, and uh, Chris Christie, I don't understand why he still thinks he can win things. Like he's been so not the party for so long. Like he only was able well, to make it work when it was still okay to be a moderate Republican, you know? Right. And he's Nikki Haley is the only one up there who honestly has any kind of stage presence. That's the thing about Mike Pence. He has no stage presence. He's not interesting. He can't, he gets lost in a crowd. Um, Chris Christie, you just don't like, you just, it kind of feels like he should be at home in the lazy boy. He should have his feet up. Like we're, we're, we don't want him on that stage. Nikki Haley was the only one who was ever going to make any, any kind of move. And I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's her Republican party anymore. Yeah. And so I'm expecting, I'm expecting a giant collapse. I, I don't think she'll drop out because she is the only one who can stand up there full throated for the establishment. I mean, unless there's some kind of backdoor dealing between DeSantis and her, between DeSantis's people and her people, but I, I don't know. I don't see any way that she stays that she, I don't think she drops out. I think she gets crushed though. I think she gets crushed so bad that she should drop out, but she's going to keep in there anyway. Yeah. Well, the thing is like, she could probably win New Hampshire just, or not win New Hampshire. Cause Trump will win New yeah, Hampshire. Tr- Trump, Trump will win Iowa. Trump will win New Hampshire. All the attention yeah. will be on who comes in second in both yeah. places because first place is boring. And, and she probably will come in second in New Hampshire simply because, uh, be, be, uh, because DeSantis isn't really even playing. Yeah. He's, he's skipping, uh, to South Carolina. Um, 
where yeah where um obviously 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 he should come in third mm -hmm. but if somehow he doesn't that could maybe embarrass her out of the race because that's yeah. what happened to rubio yeah rubio had to drop out because he got embarrassed in florida yep so I wonder, I wonder if that's what actually knocks her out is if yeah, ma maybe true. he doesn't even have to beat her, but maybe he just gets way too close yep. in South Carolina. Yeah. I, I guess, I don't know. I, this is what, I guess part of the question about New Hampshire is how much has the free state project affected the state? Um, because if, if they've, if they've moved the needle at all, then there's no way Nikki Haley should get second. But, but then again, but are they going to caucus Republican even? Yeah, that's the question. You know, New, New Hampshire Libertarian Party does have a lot of energy behind it. Mm -hmm. So that's true. I don't know. Yes, yeah, that's a good point. Well, and and uh, at least some of them are excited about uh, uh, Kennedy. So uh, I don't know how you can still be excited about him. I, I don't. I don't get it either. I don't get it either. Um, he's 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 proven he's not. What just, people were building him up to be. He just had so to not talk up. about certain issues. Yeah. If you just shut his mouth about Israel, he probably would still be be up there as as a as a crossover candidate that that conservatives and uh, liberals can get behind. You know the you know the horseshoe candidate. Really, he could have been that. Um, but uh, he. Uh, I mean. I guess if that's what you believe, good for you for for talking. But man, you just want to be like, just, just, you would have been okay if you just. Shh, shh. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm tell I'm telling candidates. Uh, sorry, this is school yeah. board, so completely different. But I'm telling candidates that that when that comes up at the doors, you say, "That's what I think is that the problem with our current school board <clears throat> is." that they are too focused on trying to solve climate change and make peace in the Middle East and do all kinds of things that isn't the job of a school board. I actually care about math and science yeah. and reading. And that's why I'm running for school board. And, 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 and I, I'm like, so uh, that's all you have to say. If mm -hmm. anyone still wants to know about your opinion on Israel uh, after I mean, that, then they're just stupid. And they're, yeah. and, and so, um, uh, so I've been in, in the only context that I'm advising candidates, really, I've, I've been advising them to no, just steadfastly refuse to talk about the, issue. Yeah. for one thing, a lot of my candidates need Muslim, Muslim votes, um, but, uh, uh, but, uh, even, even in places where they don't, what, what's the point? What do you like? What does it matter now? I get when you're running for president of the United States, not the same thing mm -hmm. is you, you obviously do you have your, your opinion on this is obviously relevant, but I don't know. Like, do, do you, if you have, if you have opinions, <clears throat> a fraction of an inch off the mainstream, is it actually going to change much about the way you approach this issue right now? So, so why do you have to be, is, um, but I don't know. I guess, I guess there's, there's, there's a lot of concern. Uh, I understand that, uh, a lot of, um, a lot of Republicans are now modern Republicans are anti-interventionists, except when it comes to Israel. 
<laughs> that, that's it. Although I've been shocked by how many <clears throat> people who I wouldn't consider far right who are like, what what business is it of ours? Like, yeah. I, I, I'm seeing, I think this is where like, the needle is moving so much that like, I don't think these positions are as obviously winners or obviously must-haves to keep the because you know before it was like israeli support support of israel wasn't so much a a thing that would gain you ground so much as not having not having it would lose you right and so but i don't i don't even see that as being as much of a thing anymore like and and there's a lot of reasons why that might be too. and maybe maybe the anti-semitism on the and some that word is overused. We can yeah. agree. But some of what we're talking about on the left right now is actual anti-Semitism. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. They just don't like Jews, man. Like that's yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. there is to it. And so yeah. so um so actually to a greater extent than I realized. Like yeah. I I was yeah. I I was much more confident in that sentence. The phrase anti-Semitism is overused prior to October 7th. <laughs> it is shocking because it's like, it was one of those things where like, I was like, okay, obviously when all this started going down, I took my normal place as a libertarian. I'm like, sure. I'm against Israel. Yeah. Israel is probably in the wrong. And then I started looking around at the people I was standing with and I was like, I don't like being on this side. Yeah. <laughs> it was really an issue. I was like, it, you know, it's like a situation where like, I still think that they're technically the right side, but I was like, I don't like hanging out with you people. <laughs> I don't want to be here. So like, yeah, like it's clear that the pro Palestine side, yeah, there, it really is as, as bad as like, yeah, they, they legitimately just hate you. But I think on the, on the right though, I think there, there are, there is some of that too. Like actual oh, yeah. legitimate. Oh, oh, for sure. Um, there's a lot of it where it's just, you know, there's the, like the joke of just noticing, you know, yeah. we're, we're no noticing. We don't notice. Notice right. is, noticing is an anti-Semitism. And, and there is something to that of like, huh, they are all seemingly in all these positions of moving things in this direction. It It's hard not to be noticing, but I'm not noticing. Um, but I, <laughs> I think there's a lot more on the right, like some changes I think you, you can see of like, some of the big ones I think might be, uh, you know, like, like there is kind of that anti-interventionist streak that has been growing and they're kind of, there's some of them who are actually consistent about it. Like, yeah, we're anti-interventionist about all of them. We're not going to get involved in Ukraine's war and we're not going to get involved in Israel's war. We're just not going to get involved in any of it. And then I think there's a, a, I think there might even be an extent to which this might be the long-term effects of new Calvinism. Where, where you have kind of that conservative right wing uh, move away from the, 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 the theological reason for supporting Israel. And, and that might be a long-term effect, even though a lot of these people probably flowed through new Calvinism into old Calvinism, into Lutheranism, into other things that they, they flowed into, but they no longer have the theological reason for backing Israel and so that means they're maybe a little more open to considering like, okay, are they necessarily right in every case, you know? Yeah. So they, uh, what's been fascinating to me in this round of the end times, um, <laughs> has been, uh, uh, ha- has been that the, uh, I've more than ever before 
noticed people needing to come up with a new theological undergirding for still supporting Israel. So yep. I, I, yep. I've noticed a lot more of this where they still want they still want to come out to the same answer. They know that they want to yeah. be they know they want to get there. Um but now they need they're they're trying a new theological approach and we saw that with Mark Driscoll who yep. who did the the uh there's a demon named Hamas that is this spirit of of uh what what spirit of violence. Uh, this, this, this ancient spirit of violence, uh, that, uh, that is now what, what Israel is fighting against. And so that was the route he took bold mm -hmm. move cotton. Uh, then, <laughs> uh, uh, I shared in the secret discord, which you can get to for just $5 a month by going to buymeacoffee.com slash flyover. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, so you you could have seen this uh, back on like October 10th or whatever that first Sunday after uh, October 7th was um, when the New York Times actually reported on Tate Springs Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, um, which uh, which I have an, an undisclosed relationship with. Uh, uh, <laughs> not not I personally, but I have a relationship an undisclosed relationship with someone. <laughs> uh, and, and anyway, um, and so it was fascinating because, um, so the pastor there is a young guy, like younger than us, I think. I think a little young, a little younger. Maybe he might be 32, 34. Um, so I think he's a little younger than us. Um, and he, uh, and he came through Southern. I think it was sure. Southern. I think it was Southern and not Southwestern. He, he he came through Southern in New Calvinism times. Yeah. <laughs> then, um, and and so he had to go history, church history, biblical history, history since. <laughs> um, then that that's why he and he actually preached a sermon where he was completely abandoning all the normal dispensational reasons. That he would be for his that wouldn't have normally been in that pulpit. Like the the senior pastor before him, taken to the back yeah. Oh, yeah. was a dispensation. Oh yeah, like big big Southern Baptist Church in Dallas. You better believe no, Dallas, yeah. Dallas Dallas for crying out loud. Yeah. You better believe was going to be a dispensationalist. Yeah. This guy's actually not, um, but he knows he knows he still has to get to the same answer. So he's going history, and he's saying, look this this tiny little plot of land. It's where. It's where all this biblical history happened, all this church history happened, um, and and instead of and uh, and and instead of saying, so you know, really it's important to Christians, and so maybe we should be evangelizing there or whatever, which would be the way I would expect a sermon to go. He he was like. Uh, so what that means is uh, that he's just, he still can't get away from the the uh, these these people with this genetic and historical claim to this land that that I find in the Bible. Even though again he's like he's removed the foundation of that uh, and still kind of has to get there. Um, but he, but he's very clear with the New York times. Like, no, I'm not getting there the normal way. I'm not a dispensationalist. We're not doing that here. 
Um, this is just the history, the history. But yeah. but then basically using the using the his, history to backfill. Uh, Basically, yeah. the same answer dispensation, which would have given you more complicatedly and more yeah. weirdly in a sermon, to be frank. Yeah, which which for me is like that's something that like for me is a red flag when when like the conclusion's already there. Right. I got to find a different way to get there, though. Right. That's where you're like, OK, so what what so why is the reason why this has to be the conclusion? Right. Whatever your logic, you have to get to the conclusion. I. Um, you know, when I stopped being a dispensationalist, I just said, okay, so the, the logic of that is um, that I don't have to support modern-day Israel. I might still want to in certain situations and for certain reasons. Like, there is a sense in which, I, I'll say this, even though I my anti-interventionist um, reasons, I, I tend not to want to support the state of Israel. I actually prefer Israel rules the land yep, um, for the simple reason that um, there's that it is biblically significant land, and I trust them to guard that and to and to guard access to that more than I do the Muslims. Frankly, like a Muslim rule, would they let Christians continue to have a church in the over the dome of the rock, or not the dome of the rock, over the um the uh where where Christ resurrected the church of the the Holy Sepulchre? Would that continue to be there? Mm. Under Muslim rule, I don't. I don't know. Historically, we've seen it go both ways, and yeah. same with Jewish rule. By the way, yeah. we've we've had yep. the denial of the the right of Christians to pray and well, in certain yeah. And, but even like more, I'm I'm more thinking in the in the direction of like being able to see these uh, biblically important sites, and I think under the current Jewish rule. Like they, they protect both the sites and access to the sites such that it still is in my mind beneficial that they rule. Um, and so that's, and Josh especially wants to be able yeah. to get to the site of the second coming of Jesus, <laughs> which is right, of course correct. the, the rubble of the temple. Correct. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but like I, um, I've been to Israel before and I, I, I think I'd like to be, I'd like to go back again. I'd actually like to spend like a significant amount of time there um, studying the land. I, 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 I think it's a great thing to do. I don't do the whole, like, this is a spiritual pilgrimage thing, but I do think it's like, as a, if you are interested in um, one of the things that I really found valuable in going there is it kind of uh, reminds you like the thing that we're always trying to tell people about the Bible, this isn't just fairy tales, right? These are real stories. But well, getting to put your boots on the ground there and actually see the sites, like looking at the valley that that David and Goliath faced off in, and and s- sitting in the valley where you can watch where the the cart that carried the ark passed by, like these things, and and being able to actually go to the well that Jesus met the woman at the well in, like it's it's a way of reminding yourself these these aren't mytho- this isn't mythology this is a a, a, a landed real history like well, these are stories and from be- a real place because Jesus is the Davidic king yeah and because we are adopted yeah. into his royal line- lineage yeah th- there's a very real sense in which for yeah. us especially yeah 
for us so much more so than for dispensationalists. This is our history. Yes. So, so yeah, yeah, I mean, I one day would like to, I've never been, uh, Michelle has, uh, yeah. right before we started dating. Um, oh, of course. Um, uh, so, uh, so, uh, Michelle has, but, but I've never, um, I've never been, uh, to, uh, uh, to the land of Israel. Uh, but, um, but I would really like to go for the same reason that I, I'd like to go to Scotland. Mm. Uh, I'd like to go to Ireland. I'd like to, I is, is because, uh, because, because it's my history. Yeah. Right. Is right. And, uh, and, and for the, for the same reason that i Wanted to go see where Adoniram Judson yeah, lived, and yeah. where and uh, uh, and uh, and and where Jonathan Edwards preached, and yeah. is because because that's my history. Yeah, and 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 so to me, that's that's the relationship that that yeah. I have with the land, and I think it's important. I think it is important to have a government there that yeah. will respect. Yeah, um, that that respect that that I have history there too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, even though they obviously would really despise the theology that gets me to thinking that, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, so I and and uh, um, and I do, I I I do, frankly, believe that um, that look, unfortunately, I. Uh, other countries, except for the United States and somewhat Canada, um, uh, other countries have have at various points in their history proven that they cannot be trusted to be a safe place for Jews to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and and by the way, there are exceptions in every country. Yeah. Um, and um, and so the the very basic argument that well these people have to live somewhere mm-hmm. now even though this is largely the fault of brito american empire yep. right like um this is uh now a whole mess of them live here yeah so they should have a government that Sure, is dedicated sure. to protecting oh, yeah. them yeah. in the place that they live yeah 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 so yeah. that is, so that makes total sense to me um, I don't think, um, they need to be armed so ridiculously more than everyone else in that region, yeah. uh, to, to do that. Um, and I, um, uh, and I think I, so I, I, I think that, um, I understand it is a, it is a small patch of land. I understand that that's, that's very very evident when people visit is they realize how, how yeah. very small it is. Oh yeah. And they realize that you will have that fear of being yeah. overrun. I, I remember one of the things that I, I or one of the things that I remember so clearly um, when I was taking a tour is I, I did the extra, I did like uh three weeks in, in this, in, in Jerusalem and in Israel. And then I did an extra weekend trip into, um, you know, the, old, the ancient lands of Moab and Ammon uh, into Jordan and I remember we are, we were, we were actually the, the president of the seminary or not the, the, the college at the time was the one giving us the, the tour. And we, we were standing there on a hill in, in Moab and he had us look out and he's like, look, 
you can see into Bethlehem. Mm. And so like, and, and he's like, and it's the same thing looking back. You can see from Bethlehem. If you know what to look for, you can see into Moab. So that's why Ruth's family sitting there in Bethlehem, mm. you know, where, where it was a drought, they could see into Moab and see there's rain over there. Hmm. And so that's why they could have actually, like, you know, if you lived on a high enough elevation, you could see into Moab and say, there's rain over there. And so that's why they would have traveled over. Like, it's it's that small of a land. Okay. Like, yeah, you can, I mean, it has to be an exceptionally clear day. <laughs> it has to be. But um, if you're having a drought, it is an exceptionally yeah. clear day. Yeah, and it is. Um, But but also, like, um, and, and also, I think it was the daughter of. Uh, the famous hymn writer of it as well, Horatio Spafford, who found the mountain that we're pretty sure Moses was standing on when Jesus showed, or when God, well, Jesus, when God showed him the whole land. Okay. And, uh, because um, she said she, she had been living in the area with her husband and she came up on this mountain and she was like, she suddenly realized what it, it had to be an exceptionally clear day. But if it was an exceptionally clear day, you could actually look into the land and see all of Israel. And so he could, God could have actually, that was the one place where God could have actually showed him the entire land. And so, um, you know, like all that to say, yeah, it's a lot smaller than, than you'd think. Like we start picturing yeah. this massive location and because of cars, it's even smaller than sure. Than even in, in the days of walking and horse riding and camel riding and, and stuff like that. You know, it, it's, yeah, these are things that helps it. The stories come alive, and I, uh, that's why I, I highly encourage it when they're not in the middle of a war. <laughs> yeah, but I do, I do think that that. So I understand the idea that we live on a postage stamp here, so it's so easy for us to be overrun. So we have to be armed to the teeth. But I, I think, I mean, it's it's. I think it's obvious now. I think actually October seventh makes it more obvious that that has led to failures of strategic thinking mm -hmm. and uh, a bellicosity that has made them more vulnerable, not less. Yeah. That I, 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 I place, um, U S Canadian, British arms at, uh, I, I think, I think that is, uh, one of the causes of, uh, indirectly. One of the causes of October 7th is totally. that is, is that, uh, that the, the it 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 makes them so invulnerable to conventional attacks that um that that they've yeah i i think made some real strategic errors and look the other thing about it being so small is that that means that the rocket attacks are a real problem almost everywhere like there there's almost nowhere I guess there there are places that are relatively safer, but there there's there's very little space that isn't under threat from the rocket attacks um, because of the very small size yeah. of of the country, and that that is, I think, because of policy decision failures mm -hmm. um, from the Israeli government, which ultimately traces back to they're too armed to the teeth. Yeah. Like I understand, I understand the whole, the whole idea of 
We, we cannot be overrun. But first of all, to be overrun conventionally, you've basically gotten taken care of because you have nukes that you don't admit you have and no one knows where they are. And that's... That's a pretty good trump yeah. card to keep a conventional and, army from overrunning you. And, and this is another thing that we probably should talk about, or that probably has to be kept in mind too, is that the truth is, as much as Hamas hates Jews, Jews aren't the only people living in the territories that they would want to attack. Correct. That the people who they want to protect and want to support them are also living in these areas. So part of the reason Hamas isn't as brutal as it could be is because, you know, there's also Muslims living in Bethlehem. And Jerusalem is still a holy site to them. They don't want to bomb Jerusalem. Right. They want to take it. They want it. They don't they right. want it intact because they want to protect the Muslim quarter and they want to protect the Dome of the Rock. And like there, you know, there's 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 a point at which like you you also have to admit that Israel has much less scruples about just blowing the heck out of Palestine than Palestine does um, Israel, and because that territory is not as significant for for Israel, like there's that's I mean that was all pa uh, Philistine land, you know, like they don't there's not as much holy sites there that they care about, you know. And, and I think that's uh that's one huge advantage they have over over Hamas and over hmm. the Palestinians is that they don't care as much about the land and the people they're attacking as they do, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, but anyway, bringing it back to the original topic, uh, do you, who, who do you think, what do you think if you had to guess uh, the top uh, line is, of the Iowa caucuses. Who, oh, who we're back think? to that. Okay. So you've got, that's what started okay. this. The way we, the way we got, the way we got here, by the way, with, was I was starting <laughs> to point out uh, that maybe there actually is an opportunity for Republicans to pick up more of the Jewish vote because of the anti-Semitism oh, yeah. that's revealing itself on the left. Oh yeah. Um, And uh, that's true. And, and this um, this was something that I had noticed, um, uh, my own, my own community safety, uh, like, like it, not a neighborhood watch, but kind of like a, like a, um, it, it was, a uh, for 12 neighborhoods in Calgary, which in Calgary, that's, that, that adds up to being, uh, something like. I don't know, a hundred thousand people, uh, maybe, maybe a little more. Um, there, we had a, we had a, uh, the, the more traditionally crime ridden, uh, parts, we had a, um, a safety committee for, for that area. And it got overrun with this DEI nonsense, yep. which was, which was when I left and, and, and one of, one of my last meetings before I was no longer particularly welcome was um, a lady coming in and talking about uh, hate crimes and the way she defined hate crimes made it impossible to commit a hate crime against a Jew. Oh. And so I asked, hey, you seem to be leaving out like one of the most common kinds of hate crimes. <laughs> uh, 
hate crime, like yeah, yeah. Un- understand but yeah <laughs> uh in that context i was like okay so accepting that there is such a thing as a hate crime uh, you seem to be leaving out like one of the most common one like carving a swastika into a jewish person's home is, or a jewish yeah. place of worship is probably like the most common kind of of what would get called a hate crime under yeah. this rubric there is and um uh and so, so I, I said, you seem to be leaving out one. And she was, uh, and, and, and she straight up told me that no, no, because of the, uh, because of the, their place in the intersectional pyramid, uh, it's, it's not, it, it is so, so there, they, hmm. uh, there might be. Uh, there might be anti-immigrant sentiment there, or there might be an expression of white supremacy that could hurt other kinds of people, or it could be a, it, it, or, oh, yeah. Oh, she said it can signal, it can signal a kind of white supremacy that could be weaponized against people of color, but it couldn't, it couldn't be a hate crime per se against Jewish people because Jewish people can't be the victims of hate crime. And to when I was like, okay, this has gone round the bend. Yeah. Um and I and I thought I thought okay this is this is a certain kind of like DEI nonsense that can't be too terribly common. And then um the summer of of George Floyd peace and blessing be upon him. Uh I we found out just how no actually that's 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 that is that is mainstream DEI yeah. That's that's mainstream critical critical race theory, critical Marxism is is this denial. And now and now we've seen the full flourishing of just how prevalent that and actually and actually even when faced with that contradiction, <laughs> uh people will double down yep. on the non existence of that contradiction yep. uh in a way that I I didn't really imagine would be possible. Yeah. Um and uh and so so that's and and so uh in Canada our Jewish population actually already does vote conservative at a really high rate already but in sure. the US that's not the case so there's nope. a there's a uh i think there is an opportunity uh for the republicans to pick up more of the Jewish vote here so maybe maybe mm. it actually does make a little more sense. Um, but it does compromise that very basic non-interventionist mm-hmm. turn that the, that the party has taken, which does make it seem, uh, a lot, a lot harder to thread that needle than it would have. I mean, well, I mean, Republicanism of a decade ago, yeah. there is no needle. Yeah, yeah. There is no needle. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're threading a, a, a room. <laughs> it's a, yeah. the, the space is infinite. Um, yeah. but, uh, but the, uh, uh, but now, now that has gotten, um, a lot, a lot tougher. And, uh, um, so anyway, that was how we originally yeah. got from Iowa caucuses to, uh, sure. to, uh, uh, to Israel, Palestine, but, um, yeah. So you're, you're asking me order of finish. 
Yeah, yeah, just kind of generally, yeah. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to put your well, no, I mean, reputation I mean, on the line and say, no, this is how it's going to happen. Yeah. I, I think I think Trump <laughs> is getting somewhere between 50 and 60%. Yeah. I don't think that's much of a, no, a prediction not, even. No. Um, I, I think Trump is coming away with a, a super majority. Yep. Um, or I guess not a super majority technically, but anyway. Yeah. Um, majority. A, a majority, a, a safe majority yeah. uh, against all comers against the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, it does seem to me like he has the organization for it more than he did last time too. Or I guess two times ago, 2016. Yeah. Um, he he really got out organized by Ted Cruz in yeah. 2016. Um, and I, I think he, I think he has learned lessons from that. Um, and it looks, looks like he's, he's got the ground game. Uh, not like an amazing one, but, but a competent one that yeah. will, that will, yeah. that will bring people out to caucus for him. And, but I just think the energy, yeah. the energy is there for Trump. So people are going to want to, and it's so much easier when you're sitting at 50, 60%. It's so much easier to admit to your neighbors that you're voting for Trump yep. when so yep. many of your neighbors are voting for Trump. Yep. So maybe yep. in Des Moines, that's a little harder for people to come out and admit yeah. to their neighbors they're voting for Trump. But I don't even in Des Moines. But if your if your neighbors you know. are caucusing with the Republicans, then they're probably voting for Trump too. Yeah. Like, uh, so, so yeah, I think. Um, sorry, you were gonna say even in Des Moines, you think? Yeah, I, I think I don't think it's yeah no. This is we're not talking about. Uh, yeah, we're we're not talking about New York here. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's it's still Trump voters. I think Iowa, especially Iowa voters, I think just are kind of just not as shy <laughs> about their Trump support. You know, this is this is this is very much you know the whole the whole this is MAGA country thing. This is actually true, probably of Iowa. Like, yeah, I mean, people walking around with MAGA hats still to this day, still constantly like um. I yeah I I would be shocked if Trump does not win handily over Iowa. I think second place, like you said, is is what to look out for. I, I it's DeSantis. I think DeSantis does come away with second place. Um, I would not be surprised to see Vivek surprise people. That that would um, now my so my dream the... here is that Haley comes in fourth because of Vivek. Yeah, DeSantis got. The either either way it's fine with me. She got the Kim he got the Kim Reynolds endorsement. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna affect as much. Interesting. I, I just I mean, I don't think like we all love Kim, but we're not like this isn't like uh this isn't like the lefty favorite artist endorsement. Like Kim Reynolds likes DeSantis. Here here's here was my response. Oh, okay. And I think that's most of our response. Like, okay, Kim DeSantis likes or Kim likes DeSantis. Okay. All right. <laughs> like I don't think I, don't, I really just don't think it's it's actually going to have that big of an effect. Um, like we like her, but we're all kind of like, eh, wrong choice. Like yeah. I think my, that's what I see most people are like. It's not like a, a fiery rage against Kim Reynolds. Just like ah, you picked wrong. Like I see a lot of that. I don't think I don't think it's. I'm, I guess maybe I'm wrong. You know. Uh, but I I guess I I wouldn't be surprised if Vivek takes second. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, he's, he's carrying, uh, large crowds in all of the important places. Honestly, I, I yep. see a lot of Ron Paul energy. Yeah. And, and, and that's what got him second place. And I think when, uh, most of 
most of the energy is going to Trump. Where is the rest of the energy going to? I don't see it going to DeSantis. I don't see it going to like, I'm looking around and like the, the DeSantis crowd is more of a begrudging. Like, "Ah, I don't think Trump can win. So I think we should go with someone else. And I I think maybe DeSantis like this this is not, that's not an energy that gets a lot of movement and a lot of hype. Vivek is doing very good in Northwest Iowa. Okay. And that's a huge, that's a huge area for Republican voters. Like that's, that's, that's a massive place. And that's why I think, I would not be surprised to see Vivek do really well to do second place, uh, maybe third. Um, I think I think DeSantis and Vivek are probably going to be jockeying for second and third, um, unless one of them is taking heavily from the other. Um, that's the only way I would see one of them drop out of top three. Um, but uh, I can't be surprised that someone with more than one V in his name and a multisyllabic <laughs> name would do no- well in Northwest Iowa. I am surprised that that name is Vivek Ravaswamy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I'm just, I'm, but like I'm watching things happen. Like, okay. So like I said, I see a lot of Ron Paul energy behind it. Yeah. And I'm talking to people who are up in, up in the Northwest Iowa area. And they're like, yeah, you see a lot more. Um, it, it, there's also kind of a, um, uh, who was the Democrat in the last election? Who was um, the math guy? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, oh, oh, wow. How has he completely oh. disappeared from... Um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I just see a lot of his energy there, too. Is that, like, it's it's not that he's necessarily in striking position of winning, but I think he's going to surprise people by high, how high he okay. ranks. Um that's that's really more of what I see, and this isn't just because I kind of like him. I I do kind I do kind of like him, um, but but I, I I don't see I just don't see. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I see I see surprising things coming from. For one thing, just on a like what what people call um, uh, what do they call it um, retail politicking. Yeah, he's very good. He's so good at that. Like I'm, I'm seeing people say on like people talking on Twitter about how like he just has time for everybody, and he makes the time for everybody who comes. Like you, you want to have a including conversation, including the with media, him. including the media. Yeah, who he he he's he's come with a basket full of apples. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but he's like yeah, his retail politic game is comparable to Trump, because that's what Trump does really well too. Is he's just he's so good. He shows up in a place and he takes it over. And everyone, like, you know, you've got people in that room who you're like, you look at them and they're a little bit like, I think they kind of hate him when he comes in. But by the time they leave, they're like, okay, seems like a nice guy. Like, he's, he's really good at that. And and, and I do yeah. think, I do think, uh, you know, as, as I'm like working in, working in politics for most of my life, I think there's something to the idea of there there have been a a handful of exceptions and Ron Paul was one of them by the way um, but there there have been a handful of exceptions but for the most part the guy who will do well is the guy who when you're in a room with him you know you're in a room with like yeah. you can't not know he is the biggest force in every room yeah. he's in um and and that was um Bill Clinton was yep. was the best for that the best ever uh like he was the center of attention in every room he was in 
for his entire life. Yeah. Like, unfortunately and, that counted as the, the same thing for the intern. Pool. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It is. Um, yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, and so, <coughs> but, um, uh, but Trump definitely, it just sucks all the oxygen out of every room he's in. Um, yeah, this is um uh this is this is something that that with uh successful politicians um you can tell you can tell why they're a successful politician just by being in a room with them yeah you can tell that they're the kind of person yeah. that eats up all the energy in a room yeah and and, and vivek definitely has yeah that. That's something that I noticed actually about when I went to that state convention, the state Republican convention. And, um, uh, I noticed that's what I noticed about, um, Steve King. Oh, okay. It's a controversial figure Yeah. everywhere in, in the country, except for Iowa. Okay. Iowa is pretty good. Interesting. He, he's always done pretty good. Okay. And, and one of the things that we noticed, like uh, some of us who are even kind of skeptical about him, Did you know, that was the setup for that one question from the one reporter was that Steve King had endorsed yeah. Vivek and that's why she was asking the white supremacy question. Oh, <laughs> uh, that Steve, was the framing. That was the framing. For Steve, that Steve King. He, okay. He's a controversialist. That's what he does. He just sure. kind of like, he likes stirring the pot. He's not a white supremacist. That's, that's ridiculous. Um, I'm not, a, but like some of us who were even skeptical about him, like there was a huge difference. We had a bunch of people who were campaigning. I don't remember which spot it was. I think it was for the other, uh, position. They, that was back when they still had, um, Harkin, was the other senator or the other senator senator i think that was right and they were trying there were a bunch of people who were trying to to lobby the vote for to, to for uh to primary against him um and we heard all these speakers get up they did their thing wait no i think i might have been even governor i don't remember never mind um I don't remember what the position was, but they were all, they'd all get up, they give their speeches and they'd be like, okay, interesting. Some of them had a little more interest and, 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 um, but like Steve King got up and you figured out why he was doing so good in the state, why he had run this state so much. Like he just owned the stage. Like he got up and like he was given, he gave this illustration up front. Basically his whole thing was why he, he doesn't feel bad about supporting McCain, which Again, I didn't like that. Didn't like that. But but like he he had this great he got up and just started telling the story about his kids and like talking about how like, you know, it was hard sometimes it was hard growing up. We did hard work on the farm and and sometimes, you know, we came in and we didn't like what 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 mom was putting on the table in front of us. And you know what? I said, sometimes you just got to suck it up, uh, eat it and learn to love it. And that's just what you got to do. That's what you got to do sometimes. And then like, it didn't even feel like, like it was kind of like a moment where you're like, what is he talking about? And he's like, and that's how I feel about right now with our president. Yeah. Everyone knows here that our presidential candidate, I endorsed a different guy, but you know what? I've come to the point where I've, I sucked it up. I took it. And now I don't have to pretend to love it anymore. Cause I love, I really am behind him. And it's like, dude, you got there. Like that was like a phenomenal speech. I completely disagreed with him, but it was a phenomenal speech. And like he showed like, like it's just, he had that kind of charisma 
of like, you know, I know that everyone on the left wants me to hate him. Everybody wants me to hate him. And I, there's good reason to want to hate him, I think. But like, just the truth is like, he, he has that, that it factor. I think if he wasn't such a pot stir from Iowa, he might've gone far, but, but like, yeah, like it's true. Like you, 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 you had that effect and that, that was something that was sorely lacking that entire day, which is why I got to the end of the day. I was like, yeah, we're not winning the Senate spot like we're not winning that other senate <laughs> it's just I, I was watched all of them get up there and give these really boring lame speeches like yeah we're losing this spot we're we're not gonna get take it it's okay like it's just just accepted that we all accepted that okay let's move, let's just move on now um but yeah like no i totally get i totally yeah get you get what you're saying there and that's that's uh yeah, and, and that's where I've, I've got this kind of weird thing. You know, some people are like, "Is Vivek, could could Vivek be a VP for for Trump?" No, nah, no, nah, you don't think? No, nah, I don't think so. I don't think I don't think he's gonna carry. I think he carries a lot of energy. I don't think he carries enough support. Well, or money. If Trump cares about leaving the Republican Party in a good place, which I don't know if he does. No, but if he does. Uh, well, certainly what I'll say is there will be a lot of pressure on him, I think, to pick Vivek from people who know him and know who who he's likely to actually pick. Right. Like people, people who will he will actually listen to. I think there will be a lot of pressure on him to pick Vivek because they want to lock down that Indian vote. Oh, sure. And I think. um. I think there could be a risk with Kamala Harris if she mm. weren't such an absolute disaster. I don't think it's Kamala again. Uh, I don't think I don't think it can't be. I think I think there I think the I think the rationale will be that there could be a risk with Kamala Harris that the Indian American vote might start to slide towards the Democrats, um, especially if there is going to be another four eight years of Trump. Um, that the uh, uh, the Indian American vote will uh, will start to slide to Democrats, and uh, and that Vivek helps shore that up and and lock them down as a future voting base in a in a community that's that's growing. I that is like that's the Trump version of the consultant class. Like, like Trump has his own. Now yeah. Trump's been around long enough now that he's developed. He he's he he's sort of um, from uh, from real odds and ends. He has developed his own consultant class shaped in his own image. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and that Trumpy style consultant class is going to be pushing Vivek. Okay, sure. Uh, like it's what is like it's what as someone who occasionally gets hired to give my advice on similar types of things. Uh, it's, it's the easiest, it's the easiest pitch to make if you're sure. being asked to come in and, and, and give your opinion on a decision like this. Um, I think, mm -hmm. um, because it's, it's a, a decision the principal can live with because I think, I think Vivek has gone out of his way to not be. Oh possible. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and, and, and so I think, I, I think he's, I think he's a pick that the, the principal can live with, that the principal is, is going to feel 
strong about. Now, I do think, I do think that Trump's, Trump does have like a central casting approach to these things, which sure. is why if Tim Scott hadn't run, Tim Scott was a possible because he, he looks like the guy who plays the vice president in maybe the Hallmark version of that movie. <laughs> but, yeah. but you know what I mean is like, um, uh, but, uh, whereas I don't think in Trump's mind, the, uh, short skinny brown kid is, is who he thinks of as a vice president type. And he does have that almost like, this is the guy who watches TV muted. Like he, yeah. it's the visuals. Yep. It's the, it's the visuals. It's the body language. It's the, um, now, and I do think Vivek's body language is good by the way, but, yeah. but I, um, so maybe, maybe Trump can get his head around it. I'm not, I'm not sure it is where Trump lands, but I think it's, one of the easiest pitches to make if you're the kind of person that gets brought in to pitch the president of the United States on who he should pick as his VP. That's sure. So, so, so I could see it going that way because yeah, of that. I, I'm, I'm not, I guess I'm not sure that I, I would. Um, I don't think, Vive, I don't think Vivek, I think if he was, if he was anyone but Trump, he would pick Vivek. I really think that, Trump is not going to want to pick Vivek. I, and I and I don't think a professional consultant, I, I guess I don't think, uh, who works on that level, I think they're going to look more at donor money. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's the only... I just keep thinking... Here's what I keep thinking. I keep trying to figure out why he picked Pence the first time. And, the only, and, and, and that's what kind of brings my head around to like, I think he's going to look for a more loyal version of Pence for this time around. And for that, I think you're looking for donor friendly. Someone's got the donor friendly um, look. Uh, who's at this point? We're looking for someone who has a track record of supporting Trump. I know some people think that this is out of the consideration uh, because of certain events that have happened, but I don't think Christy Nome is still out of is out of the realm of possibilities. No, that's that's possible. I when is she term limited? I'm not sure. Okay. That, that, I don't think she is. I think South Dakota is not term limited. Oh, okay. Because that, that could play into it too. Because Iowa isn't, and I don't think. Um, and uh, I don't think South Dakota is either. Okay. Um, but, but like, I, I, I think she's a smart pick because she comes with that kind of donor-friendly energy. Oh, yeah. And she's, she's a good-looking woman who didn't lock down. She brings that energy. She's been very pro-Trump, very on Trump's side. And so she gets the loyalty card. I don't know. I think she's kind of, a, I, I think if DeSantis didn't run, he would have been a great yep. VP pick. Oh yeah. But, but I think he really ticked off Trump when he ran. Yeah. Um, and, and cause like he was, Trump really had an irrational hate on for DeSantis. And I, I think the only thing that I, that make, explains that is he just was fully full on offended that DeSantis would run against him. Um, but Nome has the same sort of positives that DeSantis had. Um, she never locked down. You know, uh, there's a reason why a lot of people are, fl are fleeing to my new state. Um, and, and I think she's a great VP pick. But I, what I keep wondering is, okay, so what I'm thinking about this, like, okay, one of two things. Either Vivek needs to start his podcast immediately 
and keep the energy going for him uh, so that he can keep the hype going for 2028. Although that didn't work out for Wesley Yang, whose name I finally remembered. Andrew Yang. Andrew, Andrew Yang. Yang. Why did well, I say Wesley he went, Yang? He went to CNN. But he did start a podcast. Yeah, but he went to CNN. Yeah. I think he shot himself in the foot by going to the respectable media. His whole thing that he had was he wasn't, he was a Democratic version of the not respectable candidate. And then he ran for mayor of New York and he was boring. Yeah. Yeah, I think, but I think Vivek needs to keep up his to keep up his energy. He needs to start his podcast. He needs to start making the rounds, like doing something. Thought I had though is press secretary. That would be hilarious. I mean, uh, but yeah, but I mean, was Sarah Huckabee Sanders that different in terms of the level of yeah? vitriol right. that she could muster for the press oh which yeah has only grown since she's become the governor of arkansas let me assure you yeah <laughs> and then uh kate uh was it kate kaylee mcinerney mcinerney yeah gosh she was amazing yeah gosh she was just yep. amazing yep. so maybe yeah maybe that is a... i'm glad you brought that up <laughs> that was just, every time she would do that you're just like what's you gonna say what's you gonna say <laughs> She's so lovely. She never a big old binder there. She's like, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> oh, she's about to roast this person. So but I, the, I think he can bring that kind of energy. But the thing is, okay. I really don't see you're giving up on being the president. I think if sure. you become okay. the press sec. Okay. Yeah, sure. I like no, no one. I've no one ever jumps from staff to the president. Sure. To the president. Unless huh. they, are an elected Although, I mean, secretary, secretary of state is a different, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like political staff, <laughs> um, sure to the, to the president to, unless they jump into an elected office, which first, which Sarah Huckabee Sanders did. That's what Sarah Huckabee Sanders yeah. did. And she is 100% running for president someday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you well, take, yeah. Take it, it to seems the back. Likely, yeah. It's, 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 a, um, uh, it's, it's, uh, apparently, as reliable as the sun coming up in the east, that's that the governor of Arkansas will run for president. It's I, I don't know why. I don't that's know why. True. Uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, there've been a lot of them. Yeah, it's, it's true. It, it, wow. it, it's a uh, um, so, uh, but because uh, uh, I guess uh, what what was his name? Dale Bumpers. Was that his name? Is the only president of my lifetime, or sorry, only only governor of Arkansas of my lifetime that has not run for president of the United States. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, yeah. That's crazy. That's true. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. That's, that's something that I like. I get that energy from him. BB, though, like Dale BB, something like that. Anyway. Oh, okay. Um, but, but, uh, the back of like a press secretary or something, some kind yeah. of, uh, I think he would be a really interesting choice for that, you know, and I, and I think that would be, I actually think that'd be a way he could keep the hype going. So he'd be like, uh, come around next election. He starts saying like, all right, well, I'm running. I wonder if though, although that the might way to do that, the way to do that, to, so if that's what you're going for, I wonder if you go, run a company or run a nonprofit or do something else. But then you come out as a 
high-profile validator for Trump on the Sunday shows. Oh, sure. When, when he wants that now is so, so that rather than being the day in day out, because then that ultimately the shine wears off eventually, right? If you're doing it every day, eventually it's like old toy, right? Mm, like yeah, yeah. could be the coolest toy ever, but eventually it is an old toy after mm. all. Um, and, uh, and so I wonder if that's actually the way to keep the momentum. But if it's like appointment viewing, Vivek is, uh, uh, you know, uh, Trump just suspended habeas corpus and, and Vivek is defending it on the Sunday shows. It's appointment viewing, right? <laughs> whatever, yeah. whatever. I'm, not, I'm not saying that he will do that, by the way. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, yeah. it's just a joke. But um, if, if it's like uh, appointment viewing, Vivek is going to come in and dress down the media. Um, that, that could be, that could be a way of keeping that up. And then he does, yeah. he does something else that builds more towards his own presidential bill. Cause I think, I mean, this guy wants to be president. Yeah. He doesn't, uh, he, I think he'd be willing to be VP if, if that was offered. Um, but, um, but I think ultimately he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to be something else. He wants to be mm. president. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I think, uh, I think he is, he is the kind of person that when he, when he turns his attention to something, he does get like monomaniacal about oh, it. Oh, sure, yeah. Which, which, that's a quality that is extremely helpful in a politician, right? Like you kind of yeah. have to be monomaniacally yeah. devoted to what you want to accomplish to run for office because it's it's hard and it's grueling and you've got to put a lot of hours in and a lot of work in to run for office. Um, so, so that is a good quality in someone who's running for something. Um, and I, but I think, I think it's the quality that keeps him from taking anything below vice president. I don't sure. think he, I don't okay. think he takes a cabinet position. I don't think he takes a staff position. Mm. Um, I think, I think he, I think he goes back and starts another company or something. Sure. And then is that high level sur surrogate yeah. for Trump. If that's what, if, if Trump asks sure. him to be press sec, for instance, I think he says, so what I'll do for you is when you really need me to come in and pinch it. Sure. I'll come in and do that for you on the Sunday shows and whatever. Okay. But, um, but the day to day, you leave that to someone else, uh -huh. you know? And okay. I think, I think that's probably the way that goes, but that's, that's a, a very interesting, very interesting idea though. Yeah. 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 I don't know. That's, it's, that's interesting. I, yeah, I don't know. That's, I, I just think most of the people who I see who most of the people I see who are like major pro Trump, they'd be like, if I did, if it weren't for Trump, I might go for Vivek. Yeah. Whereas this is where like, you know, we early on were saying like, you know, maybe that's what DeSantis is doing, but man, DeSantis has burned all of his credibility among the MAGA people. I, and, and, um, uh, it's it's been painful to watch his campaign really like he's just been uninteresting uninspiring and un everything that made him really interesting as a governor it's like he's he softened all of his edge yeah and it's it's really disappointing um he got bad i think the bottom line is he got bad advice Whoever oh definitely. advising him definitely got very bad advice and um and i don't see that so if, if truth be told like if trump they legitimately find a way to get him off the ballot. 
where he cannot be chosen. I oh, think it's Vivek. The support goes to Vivek. Yeah. Oh, Vivek. Vivek went. If, if, um, and I still think the most likely way that is he that he voluntarily takes that as a, um, as part of a deal, as part of, as part as maybe an unofficial part of a plea deal. Sure. Um, uh, I still think that's the that's the most likely. Do you think he takes it though? I don't actually. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I just. Think... But I still think. Among the ways for him to be, to be excluded from the ballot at this point, I think it's still plea deal because he real because he, he realizes that of course I don't know if you saw this, the Fonnie Willis prosecution, did you see? It's an even worse shambles than it was. So the 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 documents prosecution is still dangerous to him. But the Fonnie Willis, the Georgia prosecution, um, one of the other defendants in the case uh, uh, submitted a filing that is like, this is like, your lawyer gets disbarred if this is made up level stuff. It's like, it, I, I, I would be stunned if the facts in this filing aren't true. Obviously, they haven't been found to be true in a court of law or anything like that. But if this was just being made up, his lawyer would be in so much trouble. Um, but uh, alleging that Bonnie Willis hired her secret boyfriend to be the special prosecutor in the Trump case. And she's overpaying him and taking expensive vacations with him. And and stuff like this. Oh. And that, so the filing says that this was part of a divorce proceeding that was supposed to be sealed, but oopsie wasn't. So could the court please unseal it so that it could be presented as evidence to support this filing? Um, and so, it, so in other words, it may have already been proved in a court of law, actually, but what? not this one. And um, and uh, and so because uh, it it was it was pointed out at the time that this that this special prosecutor had not only never prosecuted something like this because how many people actually have prosecuted something like this, but never prosecuted a criminal case prior to the biggest of her career. Um, And, and so it, even when she first named him, it did raise eyebrows. Like why, why, what is it with this guy? Well, it turns out it's highly likely that she's dating this guy and benefiting from the overpay that she gave this guy. Ooh. Ooh. So what could happen because of that is that the, the case doesn't just go away because of that. A case can go away for just egregious prosecutors, prosecutorial misconduct. That's not really this. Um, but what could happen is that she could be taken off the case and 
Um, I didn't know this before, but apparently what happens when that happens is there is a statewide pool of prosecutors that it goes to, and they decide who goes on the case. So instead of going to an Atlanta prosecutor, Democrat city, Bonnie Willis, it's going to a statewide set of Georgia prosecutors who get to decide who goes on this case. And so the likely outcome of that is that whoever gets the case takes some time and then says, after having looked at all the evidence, I don't think there's a case here. <laughs> and they drop it. So, so that's very likely, that's very likely what happens if this is true and, wow. and, and proves out. So, and that, I, I guess it, it's hard to keep up with, with, with all the court cases, but I, I think that was widely considered like the second most dangerous one huh. of the four, of the four major ones, at least that was the, the New York one was almost zero level of danger. It was purely just yeah. New York prosecutor has to take a shot. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's someone a, trying to climb the ladder. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a requirement of the office yeah. uh, to try to take your shot at Trump. Um, uh, and now I'm trying to remember what the, cause there was the New York one. There's the Georgia one. There's the documents one. I'm trying to remember the other one now. Um, but, uh, but my, my memory is that the, the other one I'm forgetting was considered less dangerous than the Georgia one, less, less likely to result in the conviction Mm. than the Georgia one. So that really, if this is true, that really means the documents one is, is, is really the vastly most dangerous. Sure. Uh, vastly most dangerous, uh, uh, charge here mm-hmm. um so um jack smith is the documents one right i'm not getting that confused jack smith is the prosecutor on the documents i don't know okay because if not <laughs> i might be i might be getting those crossed um the jack smith case is i believe considered the most dangerous one and i believe the documents case is considered the most dangerous but if i if i'm wrong about that being jack smith then i might be wrong about it being the documents case anyway. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, um, it's, in- Oh, Oh, right. It was the special prosecutor here has never tried a Rico case, which is the kind of the uh, Rico, the racketeering influence and corrupt organizations yep. case, which is, which was, uh, the, uh, um, extra extra special law that that congress wrote to uh to because the fbi sucked at going after the mob uh the extra special law that they gave them yeah. to get around get around all the due process yeah. that, that you would normally have to give people uh and all the evidentiary standards that you'd normally have to have to to charge people um that the mob was so good at to be fair the mob was very good at getting finding workarounds too mm-hmm. um and um uh and so, yeah, it was, he's never tried a Rico case, but they can't find record that he's ever tried a criminal case at all. Wow. So, um, 
uh and and it's it's odd that she would choose him because she has had a career of she had a a giant rico case against the teachers unions which made me kind of oh. uh because uh, uh just just by just by uh just by osmosis, you 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 uh, you take the teachers to court, teachers unions uh, to court. Uh, then I'm gonna kind of like you. Um, <laughs> is uh, because there was a uh, a cheating ring basically organized by the teachers union in in Atlanta that where they were they were they were coaching students to teach on uh, to cheat on the standardized test to get away from accountability under No Child Left Behind. Ooh, um, yeah. And, uh, and she prosecuted, she prosecuted the teachers unions under that. Uh, so she wow. has, uh, she has a long career of these kinds of cases and then yeah. pick someone who has no experience with these kind of cases, which did immediately make people wonder what's going on. Here. Yeah. So she knows what she's doing and she picks someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Right. I'm like why? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So I think, so apparently that's, that's the big news and we talked about it. And by the time this episode comes out, maybe the, uh, the uh, maybe maybe the the whole thing has already happened and no one even and, and we got it completely wrong. And by the whole thing has already happened, he means uh, the war in Israel, the election, <laughs> uh, all the trials of Trump, and uh, no, because this is not a flyover libertarian episode, <laughs> so it won't take that long for it to go. It won't up. take that long. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, actually, never. No, sorry, I'm just, I just. I'm trying to think, actually think by the time this episode comes out, I may have done lunch with, or I'm going to do dinner with another member of the Flyover Libertarian. Okay. Um, uh, you know, and if it's, uh, yeah, never. Um, but, <laughs> but that will have, but yeah, the, the, maybe the, uh, the, uh, primaries already happened, the caucus already happened and we're completely wrong. And if that happens, we'll own it, um, publicly as we always do. But, uh, and somehow, somehow it will, once again, be Al Mohler who proved us wrong. I think. I think that. I think that's, Al Mohler is. I our, think that's the history of this show. Al Mohler is our is our uh, arch nemesis who destroys our every take. <laughs> this is. Uh, I guess if if that has to be my arch nemesis, we've we've picked worse enemies. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, Jeff, it's great hanging out with you in person. Um, it's great uh, getting to do a podcast like this we'll do it again next week (laughs) (laughs) the 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 commute is a bit of a (laughs) a bit of a barrier um but uh (laughs) although although i would love to answer that question at the border (laughs) business or pleasure yes yes I have a podcast. It's monetized. That's you can right. go to it at buymeacoffee.com slash That's right. And for just $5 a month, you too, border <laughs> agent, uh, can, uh, yeah, exactly. So, although, although actually I think, I think, uh, I think we might have to find a workaround to not let border agents into like letting fed letting feds into our <laughs> letting feds into, into our Discord seems like a bad precedent to set. I think. Uh, yeah, I maybe, maybe not that. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, um, so that's uh, that'll be it for now. We've, we've talked a while. So, once again, we will tell you. Like, subscribe, share, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell a border agent, 
not don't tell a border agent. Uh, <laughs> please, please don't tell a border agent. I still have to cross the border. <laughs> don't tell a special prosecutor. Don't. I, I have to do a list of what, who we shouldn't tell. Uh, if you if you want to if you want to say hey to us, make sure you drop a comment. Um, that helps the algorithm on YouTube if you're watching there. And of course, uh, send us an email at anarchistbiblestudy at gmail if you want to say hey to us. Unless what you want to say tell us about is your favorite border agent. In which case, we have a different email for you, and that email. is is info at cbsa.gov <laughs> cbsa.gov wait that's a cbsa would be the canadian border services agency dot dot gov which is an american <laughs> you know what try it tell try us what happens <laughs> see that's right see what happens um and uh, if you really like what we do, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash flyover and consider supporting for one, three, five, ten or do- or or ten dollars a month. And uh and uh yeah, you get access to our secret super secret Discord channel, which is a lot of fun. You also get uh access to our live streams the minute they're done, um, which are admittedly more rare these days. Uh but, and um and of course you just get a support feel good about supporting us um but most importantly the most important thing you can do is join us again next week when we take anarchy to church here on the anarchist bible study maybe not specifically right here (laughs) in my case (laughs) but here 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 (laughs) on the anarchist bible study grace and peace grace and peace